Welcome to the e-commerce disruptors podcast, where alongside digital marketing experts, we give you our best tips, techniques, and insights on how you can be a disruptor in your industry. Hi, welcome to e-commerce disruptors presented by electric engine, where we give you the tips, techniques, and advice to help you disrupt your industry. I'm Noel Lopez. And today we've got Brian Haw, the director of digital acquisition from Pitney Bowes here to speak to us about building strong content uh, for your e-commerce strategy. So Brian, feel free to introduce yourself. Sure. Yeah. So as you said, my name is Brian Haw. I'm uh, Director of Digital Acquisition at Pitney Bowes. And basically, I work across multiple business units, the SMB business, the software business primarily, driving digital strategy around uh, digital tactics, messaging, landing page, just the full digital experience to yeah. drive to drive action, whether it's uh, e-commerce or some typical B2B lead gen actions. Great. And tell us a little bit about uh, before you're, you're, you know, you landed in, in Pitney. Yeah. So this is my first time client side. Before Pitney Bowes, I've spent my entire career at agencies. So before my current role, I was working on IBM at Ogilvy, um, okay. doing um, social and digital uh, marketing for IBM and the cloud business and some of the services business for IBM. Before then, I was at MRM McCann, uh, working on the Verizon Fios business. Um, and before that, I was working at, on, at an agency doing live entertainment digital marketing. So we did the Super Bowl when it was in New York. Oh, that we, must have been fun. It was awesome. It was <laughs> it was it was crazy. And then we ha- we also had uh, MLS, some major league soccer. Uh-huh. Then also worked on like Broadway shows and 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 plays and things like that. So it was really a wide variety of clients and brands that I've worked <laughs> on in my life. Um, but it's it's really interesting to see how similar all of the marketing and digital tactics are. Yeah, you know, across it, it really doesn't vary about mm. what you're trying to sell. You're trying to get somebody to do something, yeah. <laughs> it, whether it's going to see Wicked or you know, get subscribe to a SaaS solution. It's, mm. you know, the the marketing principles are very very similar. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's it's funny we've we've had a few guests on here and and it's kind of the same background, you know, going from agency to uh internal and it's always funny to hear, you know, people's thoughts and 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 what they like might yeah. dislike so it's 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 always great to get that perspective um, so one thing that you know we kind of hear a lot is creating content and yeah. but it's not just creating content it's making sure that it's good content and and oftentimes it feels like a daunting task like where do i start what what platform do i use what do you think you know makes good content like what are important points to consider when you when you are making this online content yeah, I think the number one thing is relevancy, mm-hmm. right? Because content is such a loaded word, right? We, exactly. Everything is called content. <laughs> um, you know, it's almost like there is no content marketing. There is no digital marketing. It's really marketing principles now. Mm-hmm. Everything should be content marketing. Everything should have a digital component, whether it's yeah. branding, TV, a social post. Like, <laughs> it should all be driven by the relevancy mm-hmm. of what you're trying to say to your audience. Exactly, and and it's... It's really making sure you understand your audience and speak to them correctly. Right, exactly. And, and especially with all of the data opportunities and targeting opportunities right now, you can personalize yeah. a message for a very specific audience. And mm-hmm. to not take advantage of that is is wasteful in yeah. 2019 and 
probably you know for the past five ten years. And that's that's one thing we've been seeing is is just this uh, uh, kind of the hot phrase for 2019 is hyper personalization and and how really providing that that experience to mm-hmm. to the user and and making their journey that much friction or that much less frictionless. Yeah. So it's funny. I was reading an article the other day and it talked about mobile impressions and this is a little bit off topic but mm-hmm. and it talked about mobile mobile activity was the highest mobile ads highly performed at night because people when surveyed were in bed and that's when Just a scrolling. lot of scrolling <laughs> so one thing i i posed to to really myself and and think i think is an interesting opportunity back to this hyper personalization is should we be day parting experiences versus not just day parting oh, ad flights, should we at from 7 p.m. to 4 a.m., should an experience, if you come from an ad unit, should the experience be different? Because we're not talking to our audiences differently, but there's a different mindset. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Between so, like the, the, you know, the working day and then at night right, when you're, you know, you're shutting off. Especially, you know, what we're doing. We, we speak to a lot of entrepreneurs and like e-tailers, you know, that this may be their second job. And we see highest performance between 10 10 p.m. and midnight. So it's thinking about this hyper-personalization. Should we have a different web experience from 7 p.m. to 4 a.m. local time? And I, I think that's actually a really interesting approach because you, you could have so much fun with that too. Yeah. It's, it's everything from the messaging is, is the way you tackle that. There's a lot of opportunity to get personalized, oh, but yeah. it's doing it for... With purpose, you know, yeah, for the right sometimes reason. we get caught up on, you know, creating content or personalization or doing social and it's doing it because we know we should be doing it versus doing something with purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and what do you think are, you know, in order to make sure that content is, is really, really speaking to the audience, what do you think are kind of important metrics you want to be looking out for and, 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 and seeing, hey, this is content that's resonating with with. Yeah, I, th- I think it. it goes back to what it what what your what's the type of content that mm-hmm. you're trying to create, or what your what are the actions that you're trying to do? You know, if we're trying to just cr- increase awareness, then you should be looking at video views or video engagement. You know, mm-hmm. and and if you're trying to create content that really progresses somebody from. Yeah. To, to make an action, you know, now you're looking at more direct marketing tactics, click-through rate, cost per click, things like that. Exactly. And, you know, and then also then you get into post-conversion where you look at retention and activation. That's really relevant for some of the products at Pitney Bowes. We have a activation, not problem, but, you know, we always want people to activate more. And that's where yeah. content can come in it's so huge, huge because mm-hmm. you can start doing how-to videos and you can really have a cool series of like, hey, the, did you know that your software does this, this, or this? Yeah. And, and, and you can use that like micro content to really progress a, a, a lasting discussion and, and touch points with your current clients as well. And it's, it's providing that, that information that they're, that they're looking for. And it's, yeah. it's, it's always making sure to, to answer that question. Yeah. And I think there's something interesting around, you know, triggered based activity, you know, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, if, if somebody takes an action, then that should trigger another piece of content, something you should always be continuing some, to some type of follow yeah, up, whether mm-hmm. and, and, and it shouldn't all always be trying to sell. Right. We don't want people to only hear from brands when we yeah, want something, exactly. you know, and, and that's where 
we all have results and, and, and <laughs> revenue, and, and I you know, have to remind myself that as well, where it, it's, it's sometimes a challenge. But every single touch point shouldn't be give us some money. Yeah, exactly. You know? and, and that's how you build some <laughs> some a, a better relationship. But it's tough. It's easier said than done. And it's it's tough to get lost in that idea where it's like you ultimately you you want them to convert. You want you want to get that conversion, but it's it's really putting yourself in the mind of the consumer and yeah. saying, okay, what what do I actually want? Yeah. Um. Especially, it's always nice with uh with like articles when when it recommends you what what would you want to read next versus like hey you should buy this. It's, right. It's like you know let's let's build that whole journey out. And that goes back to the KPIs, right? I mean, every every piece of marketing should have a KP, KPI associated with it, but that doesn't mean it's a conversion KPI. Right? Exactly. It, it doesn't mean, but you should always be monitoring performance, whether it's through brand sentiment or, you know, video views or impressions, you know, impressions whatever it may be. There's always something you can measure, but it's it's really relevant to where where you want the 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 customer to be. And I think that's that's really the beautiful part of putting out content online is, yeah. is there's so much information to be gathered that you, you really, it's, it's a missed opportunity if you're not looking at those numbers. And it's, you know, on the flip side of that, it's so easy to just share yeah. content and, you know, <laughs> we'll have to have some sort of tally of how many times we use the word content in this oh, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is Friday. Take, take a, take a drink every time <laughs> yeah, you say exactly. content. <laughs> yeah. I know this is an agency. I know you guys got some booze. Right? Um, I, now, now you've lost my train of thought. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's so easy for content to be shared now. People can write content. On, you know, you, it doesn't take a production company to 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 release videos. You know, there's so many opportunities. Facebook Live has an awesome opportunity. But you know, then the importance is making it quality, right? Because then it's just white noise if you're just putting out. Yeah content with no real purpose. Yeah, if it, if, it, if it doesn't speak to the audience, right. why, why bother? Yeah. And, and it's funny you say that because there there's so many ways to approach how you, you create this content and put it out um, from doing something as simple as Facebook Live to uh, actually with uh, Yeti, I've been seeing their their content is phenomenal. So, yeah. uh, and I was looking at a couple of their videos the other day. What they do is they, they shoot documentary-esque videos and it's such a broad, broad span of, of random things. Uh, there's one about this hunting dog named Sam and, and it's super like by the end of it, like I, I challenge anyone to watch it. You'll, you'll be f at least teary eyed. Yeah. Um, and, but they, they very slightly, and, and there's another one with, with a 13 year old angler, things like that. And they very subtly promote Yeti. It might be a Yeti hat, a Yeti t-shirt, but it's never direct. And, and they're really more about building that story, um, about their consumers. And it's, it's a really cool approach. So my question is, not many companies have that that type of budget. Let's let's right. be honest. So, what do you think are kind of other ways you can engage your consumers and and still put out that good content? Yeah, I, I think one of the one of the ways is kind of what Peloton is doing. Peloton has been doing a great job. They took the past yeah. couple of years. They've taken stationary bikes and they made them cool. Made them cool. <laughs> like, I have like one. who knew? I got one. You know? Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, I, I did a thirty-minute <laughs> hip hop ride this morning. You know, and what they've done, and again, this is a back to what what is content and what isn't. You know, I mean, everything is content, and they did an amazing job creating a brand around a stationary bike with a iPad. You know, and yeah. and they created a lifestyle. They created. 
every single video, you know, they, they, they bring their instructors up. They make it personalized. It's they make not, it feel like a community. It's a community. Like, it's mm-hmm. a lifestyle. They aren't selling you workouts. You know, they're selling you convenience. They're selling you a lifestyle. And they're selling you a cool image. And the way that they create surround content around that is impeccable. Oh, yeah. And I've been seeing their commercials more and more. And like, I've, I've never wanted a stationary bike. And the more I see them, maybe. <laughs> I bought one. I have one. I never thought I'd, you know, if you go back 10 years ago and you say, you know, I'm going to buy a stationary bike. It's like, like no way. No. It's like, so, like you, you picture like the 1950s that, you know, you feel so archaic. But, oh, yeah. uh, you know, there there's real tangible benefits. And this is back to the relevancy. You know, there's real tangible benefits of a Peloton, of having a Peloton bike. The convenience, the workouts, the, the access to classes, and, yeah. and, you know, how they're progressing. They've, uh, they've created a new product line, this, like, thread. They have the digital mobile app, so you can do it anywhere. You know, they're just continuing to expand upon that community, all with the surround of this, like, cool lifestyle. Um, and I thought, I think... Well, and they keep you me. wanting more, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Um, I was a victim, but I love it. I also love it. I think they, but they do a good job all the way through conversion, right? So they're, and this isn't necessarily content, but you know, their customer service has, was amazing from the beginning. And, oh, yeah. And, and, and I, we had an issue, and they replied back in two hours, and they were here the, ne- the next day. And it's not like a Mercedes Benz, you know, it's a couple thousand dollars, but they treat you the clients so well it's worthwhile and and, and i get notifications from the app after a workout to stretch you know that you they continue to touch you and they have gamification and they invite you to the studio in new york you know it's just all these touch points all are, are are making um make you feel part of that community and and basically from from what I've heard, it just makes it a premium experience. Yeah, it's, it, it's like it hey, is. I own yeah. a Peloton. I'm proud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, I, can... I I definitely when I got it, I made an Instagram story with like the fire, so everybody knew that I had. It. You gotta let them know. <laughs> yeah. What's the point if I can't do it for the gram? So and I, I mean that's that's amazing to me. It's it, like you said from beginning to end, and then even and it's something we'll touch on a little bit later. But retention. That's yeah. That's I feel like that's. A part of the funnel that that companies sometimes think of as an afterthought, mm-hmm. um, when really it, I think it's it's so key because then they become advocates like yourself. You you know you're a fan. You're going to tell someone you know yeah. should I get a Peloton? Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Um, and then one thing with even with creating content, one thing you know I, I'm I'm sure you've seen everyone sees is creating that underlying story. You want to make sure that not only does it resonate, but it, it you know they want to keep tuning in to see what's what's going to happen next. Uh, and what I've seen is companies are doing this more actually in their product description pages. I've seen this with uh, Patagonia, Wayfair. Uh, I think I was I was looking at like a porch lamp, and it was like this this beautiful description. It like illuminate your nights with friends and and all all this information that really kind of sells you more on it. Um, do you think that's that's an effective trend? Is that is that something we're going to see more of? Yeah, because I think we're in an interesting time right now where a, a lot of people have are, are educated around. I feel like more educated recently around marketing because of the Facebook, you know, in the news in the past year, the the the, the protection of data, the 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 pushback against big tech. And so there's, it feels like there's a resistance to opening up data and there's 
that's tied to marketing. And it's really, yeah. it feels like, and maybe this just might be recency bias, that it's really at the forefront, uh, forefront of people outside of the marketing industry, that they understand that they're being marketed to, and there's a little bit of distrust. And, well, they're so much more conscious of it. It's yeah, and could, because everybody has a Facebook account, and now they're in the news for selling your data. You know, there's there's a real tangible connection, and so I think it's just an interesting time where I think that brands are going to have to do different things like this storytelling and be more upfront to build this relationship. Yeah outside of or in addition to you know nobody's moving away from traditional marketing tactics but in addition to that you know telling that story from your own point of view um and and i think as 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 that just that trend continues to grow i think you'll continue to start seeing benefits from that and it's almost making it more personal in a sense it's it's just like hey you know we're selling you this to you because it's something we feel is going to help you versus yeah. just kind of shoving it down their throat. You know, and I think that there's, it's interesting, you know, and I don't have any examples, but I'd be interested to see, you know, if that trend continues, how genuine that becomes, you know, if, if you're, if you're looking at a yeah. porch light, right. Mm-hmm. And, and you're selling this lifestyle, it's like, okay, I just need a light. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and so I think that there's a, a tangible, relationship between storytelling and being genuine right mm-hmm. and and not overselling what striking your that balance can do and we've talked about that in some of the work we've done with, yeah with and we talked yesterday around <laughs> uh some of the work that we're doing for pitney bows around mm-hmm. let's not oversell and and try to be too cute with the benefits of some of our products yeah just but, be straightforward you know so i think that i think it's a real tough balance for marketers who want to do that storytelling and they hear you know yeah let's do some storytelling but they don't do it in a way that's genuine and people can smell that from a mile away that's the thing yeah and i, I think that's why people so often refer to reviews because yeah. that's you know regardless of what you look at or what you read there's going to be honesty in it yeah it, it, it's funny to see that dynamic on that shift so companies, uh, one, one other growing trend I've seen is are using influencers more and more to promote, uh, promote themselves or, or what they sell. And this seems to be really effective for companies that are selling a product versus a service. Do you think influencers, is there value in using an, an influencer for a more service-based company? Definitely. You know, I, I think that's, I think it's really interesting, right? Because back to the KPIs, you know, akin to Kendall Jenner, posting something about a product that's yeah. going to literally sell thousands of them Im- immediately where service and you were kind of mentioning it just now with reviews you know people are looking for opinions around services and things like that and i think it's how to manage what how you're going to evaluate an influencer program yeah that may not drive direct results but knowing that it's an important tactic and, and ha- that it's a, another part of an omni-channel marketing approach, you mm. know, is, is, is aligning with relevant influencers, which is, again, another <laughs> marketing buzzword that we're going to be using all the time this year. But, you know, making sure that there's that relevancy to the people that you're partnering with to your audience. Yeah. And it's it's funny you you bring up Kendall Jenner because uh, I mean I, I'm sure by this point we've all at least heard of the Fire Festival yeah. documentaries that were released on Netflix and Hulu. Uh, obviously the the 
the festival itself was a huge disaster. Uh, but the marketing was, was super effective, super powerful. I think I, I was reading something where Kendall, after she made that post, the, the fire festival post, it got over 5 million impressions in, in a matter of hours. Um, is that would, would, do you think that's what made the fire, you know, why it made it so powerful that, that marketing? I, yeah, I, I think there's a couple things around the fire festival, which is just such a, interesting it's insane <laughs> case study i mean there's two what i can't remember a time when there's like competing documentaries and there's yeah. conversations <laughs> online around the differences and which one's better like mm -hmm. hulu and netflix must have been so happy that there was a conversation around which one was better like yeah. i feel like what a what a interesting and topic. oddly enough people want to watch both of them too I watch, it's I watch both. yeah same I watch both. <laughs> I, it, it's it's and they were really different and i think mm -hmm. that they both told a different story but you know i think you know they talked a little bit about it in the in the hulu version when they're selling a lifestyle you know and and yes you know you have supermodels in in the bahamas like yeah. that's easy content but you know the coordinated effort i thought was the most amazing part of that where the and i remember when this happened with the orange that blew orange, my mind yeah yeah you know they had this coordinated effort but where they missed and where i remember like there was skepticism leading up to it because i remember yeah. following it and then it was is that they they didn't continue on you know if we're talking about content marketing here mm. they had that one video that they continued to repurpose over and over and yeah. people <laughs> were upset and that that rose raised red flags around this 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 festival i remember like there were so many conversations around that because they shot one piece of content and reused it and for it. Mm -hmm. the entire time and that's and that's an interesting case study around how to keep your content fresh to be honest yeah. <laughs> i mean you can't put all your eggs in one basket and then just assume that that's gonna mm -hmm. i mean it, it worked for their purpose at the at the oh yeah the onset, but it, it's it's uh what a wild time. Yeah. And I, I think that's, like you said, it's, it's just a very valuable conversation and making sure you, you can't ride off of one piece of content or even a few. It's, it's something you have to consistently be making and, and making sure that it's, it's relevant as, yeah. as things change, as, as things are updated. So. Yeah, and you can't rest on your laurels, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it, you know, it was a really brilliant, coordinated social media blitz or whatever you want to call it uh, when they launched it. But you know, after that, it, it, it definitely faded. And oh, quick, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I think that's uh, it, it's kind of funny because I, oftentimes, and obviously, companies can't 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 do something like this, you know, on, on a on a scale at that level. But oftentimes, awareness is is such a huge issue uh, for emerging companies or, or even companies that that might be pivoting or, or trying to establish themselves. What do you think are some kind of effective strategies you can use for that top of the? Uh, funnel marketing. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what you're saying earlier, you know, telling that story mm -hmm. and being relevant. I think sometimes at Pitney Bowes, we struggle with this is don't speak from within. Try to speak like your audience, you know, get get relevant. Don't talk about your products or services. You know, if you're trying to create awareness, just be happy with impressions and video views. Don't yeah. Don't tie that to re direct revenue because that's not going to drive. It's the wrong way to look at it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's aligning the KPIs to make sure that you you're putting investment in there and 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 you're not tying it to the wrong KPI because then you're gonna you're not going to see success. And I think you need patience, 
right? If, if you're trying to build awareness, it doesn't happen overnight and you're going to have to put marketing investment into it and you're going to have to trust the process. It's a build, a and, slow build. And, and, and put some parameters, two months, three months. What is What are the things that you're going to, what would be a success? And trust that you're doing the right thing. Because I think all too frequently, marketing campaigns get pulled because they aren't deemed as as a success because the KPIs aren't aligned. And, and it's it's oftentimes, like you said, for the wrong reasons. It's yeah. like it, 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 it might be successful in a sense, the original sense, but then it might not directly be driving revenue. And then there's that, that line gets blurred so, so yeah. frequently, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's, uh, again, that, that awareness portion is so important in terms of putting yourself in the mindset of, of the consumer. I think uh, it might've been, I, who was it? Jerry Seinfeld. He's like, the minute I started, you know, thinking about the, the person instead of myself, that's when I really started connecting yeah. and, and, and seeing that. Um, and, and then even on the other a flip side of that, and I know we touched on it lightly, uh, is again, retention. I feel like retention content and, and efforts around that oftentimes is, is overlooked. Uh, from what you said, Peloton, they do a phenomenal job. Like they, 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 not only have you, you purchased it, but you're, you're, you're speaking about it. You love it. You, you want to keep checking these apps. Is, what, what kind of content do you feel is, is most effective in that stage? You know, I think it goes back to what you, what you, what you, what you need. What are the KPIs? You know, because I love the idea of of micro content, how to videos, constant communication, and and this is where email. You know, it, it, it's it's not forward thinking, but email is so crucial right now at, at the retention and, and post conversion stage because you ha already have a relationship. You're looking out for content from them, and if you can make relevant content and them wanting to engage with that, mm -hmm. then you have an open source to, to reach your audience. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's such a valuable tactic that I think is sometimes looked as outdated and, and, and yeah. certainly from prospecting efforts, but you know, from a client retention, I mean that's the gonna always be the most successful way to reach yeah. your your audience. And I, I mean what better advocate than a happy, you know, consumer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, testimonials is and case studies are all so hard to find every every company struggles with them but if you can create your clients to be advocates that's invaluable i mean i i'm one for peloton just to go back <laughs> to that i like you know if somebody asks me what about you know i i rave about them and mm -hmm. and i you know, certainly share my promo code to get some reaper, but like, you know, they, 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 they make the referral program very easy mm -hmm. and they make me so happy that I want other people to join the community, to join the community that I'm a part of yeah. so that we can track yeah. together, you know, exactly. and it's, it's, it's invaluable. And I think it, the referral program, that's such a strong approach. Yeah. It's there's, there's so much to be gained from that. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely something you never want to overlook. Um, and aside from Peloton, what what other brands do you think are doing a, a really just outstanding job with their online content? I think Cheddar. Cheddar is doing um, an amazing job because I feel like they are everywhere. They have a, an amazing relationship at Twitter. And mm -hmm. maybe that's just because where I spend a lot of my time. But, <laughs> you know, I feel like they are constantly sharing their video content in a way that is digestible you know they have long-form content they have short-form content they have awesome guests they they are personable they are not a, a typical news station you know they're digitally first i just find that they do such an amazing job with sharing content and, and information that i'm not always interested in but 
the way that they do it, it's still I find myself engaging and consuming their content more than I probably would other, th- you know, than like CNN or something like that, that they still do those, you know, they, they do the live and, and then they share their, their feeds, but it's just not the same. It's internet first. Yeah. And it's, it, it goes back to that, that thinking, you know, fish where the fish are, you know, right. you, you want to be there. And I think it's super powerful. You want to make sure you're always mindful of that. Uh, on the flip side of that, what are what are some mistakes you see companies making? Like, what what are just some huge red flags or, or areas for improvement? Yeah, being too focused on one channel or one type of content, right? We have such short attention spans. We are in line at Starbucks looking at Instagram and then going to Twitter and then <laughs> seeing billboards, you know, and then going to the Google, you know, there's to the websites and, and, and things like that, that focusing too much on a channel execution content versus tell a story and let that story play out wherever a client may be or a Mm -hmm. consumer may be because people are going to consume your content in a a myriad of different ways in different times and different formats and if that story isn't consistent across all these different touch points then there's then you're then you've lost and I think that also that gives you the opportunity to see which platform actually resonates yeah. with, with, with your consumer. Right, your exactly. And market. that goes back to you know how, how it fits into an attribution model, um, which is such a, a tough struggle. But you know, if you have an omni-channel approach, another buzzword, but you know, really look at your content as channel agnostic, then you're creating one uniformed approach that plays out in different ways. It's not matching luggage. It's not that it all has to be video. It's not all has to be blogs or wherever it may be. Yeah. It's, it takes different forms on, on different channels and different tactics, but if it's all laddering up to the same story and, and then, then there's, there's that benefit is going to resonate. Exactly. It's the messaging that's, that's key. Right. And then, and then you figure out how you're going to yeah. show it on platforms. Cause and... I feel like sometimes, you know, it, uh, uh, and I, in my agency days, and I'm sure you see this too, you know, it starts, with we want to do a Facebook Live campaign, yeah, right. If it starts at the tactic versus the the what we need, what you need, the bigger and, ask, and and and, and well, wh- why are we trying to do that? Are we trying to gain awareness? Are we trying to drive conversions? Start with that benefit uh, or the objective, and then the content in that comes comes later. That really should come towards the end at the at the at the last point. And it's it's funny you say that because uh, I was reading an article the other day, and it's it's something that. It kind of kind of compares comparing how agencies want to work versus how they actually do, and I, I think it's it's you boiled it down to very simple why. Yeah. So if if you we want to be on Facebook, why? What's the bigger question? What's the bigger ask? Figure yeah. that out first, and then you can create a, a very effective marketing strategy. Yeah. So with building out a, a marketing strategy, speaking of, so do you think there are differences, and and what are those differences between building out a a, uh, a marketing strategy for digital content versus traditional marketing? I don't really see any difference. You know, I, I think that the tactically and, and, and what you do certainly changes. But I think back to what we were talking about, you know, it's really around the audience. What's, what's the start from the audience first? And then from there, th- then it doesn't matter whether it's a traditional or digital content, it comes later. And I think if, if you start with needing to create a digital content strategy without knowing the audience, then 
there's going to be a lot of uh, missed opportunity there. Mm-hmm. There's a gap there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, we've, we've covered kind of a, a lot in, in, in a, a good amount of time. What would be the number one tip you would give someone who's, who's struggling to, to create content or, or, or might just be getting started? Do something. Just create, <laughs> the create, you know, back, I mean, while I was saying that there's so much out there, it's hard to resonate, you know, but if, 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 especially for smaller businesses, create something, just start creating things and learn, right? Cause there's the, the old adage, if you need a tree, it's the best time was to plant it 20 years ago. The next yeah. time was to plant it today. Yeah. Right. So just start creating stuff and learning because, and, and you mentioned it earlier, right? If you put up content, you're going to learn. It may not be monumental insights, but you're going to learn something and that should then drive to the content that you're going to create next, you know, and you don't have to put a ton of money behind it. Put a thousand dollars behind some content, yeah. video content on Facebook and you will learn, you Absolutely. know, and just create stuff and mm. try. All right. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Brian. Uh, First of all, really appreciate you coming on and uh, for teaching us about creating content or strong content for your online strategy. Um, Definitely great to have you in. So thank you for tuning in to e-commerce disruptors. Please subscribe and comment. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at electric engine and find more information at electricengine.com. Great. Thank you. Thanks. This has been the e-commerce disruptors podcast presented by electric engine. Subscribe today to stay up to date on all future episodes. Please follow us at Electric Engine on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or shoot us an email at podcast at electricengine.com. That's engine spelled E-N-J-I-N. Feel free to leave us any comments or questions about this episode, and let us know what you'd want to hear on future episodes. Until next time, thanks for listening.